This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs. Listen live or support by visiting WCWP.org. Welcome to Glencoe Spotlight. You're listening to 88.1 WCWP.org. I'm Carolyn Eitel. And I'm Eric Schumann. Thank you for tuning in this week. And our special guest is Diane Connolly, manager of the Glen Cove Animal Rescue. Hello, Diane. Hello there. Welcome, Diane. Well, thank you very much. Always love an opportunity to talk about the shelter. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. We definitely want to get to know you first before we talk about your wonderful shelter. So uh, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where you live now. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, as to most of the world, I believe, um, and moved to Long Island in my after high school, actually. So it was sort of the end of the earth for me in those days. And um, now I live in Locust Valley, uh, just a stone's throw from the shelter as well. But I'm very involved in Glencova. As a matter of fact, um, I have a daughter and son out of the house, of course. And uh, my daughter teaches in Glencove. So I really have a, a communication with the, the city as well. <laughs> and you, you talked about growing up in Brooklyn. Uh, how yes. big was your family? Um, actually, I had a much older sister, which she hates to hear that now. So I was almost like a an only child at some point because she married early and was out of the house. So having said that, you know, we lived in uh, apartments in an apartment house and, um, you know, the typical Brooklyn upbringing, all the kids on the block and, uh, you know, that sort of thing, a little different from what goes on now, but uh, nonetheless still city living. And, um, it was a good life. It was good, different, but good. And did you always have this just absolute love for animals, even in your, your younger years? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, and speaking about Brooklyn, um, I always loved everything nature, even though growing up in an apartment house, I mean, so it was real, it wasn't, uh, you know, lawns or anything part of Brooklyn. It was apartment house, you know, brick and, and cement and all that. But it just so happens the apartment house I lived in had a little green space in front. And I thought I was the luckiest person on the face of the earth to have this grass and some little bush or something growing there. So yeah, that was always my focus. And uh coming out to the island was, uh, you know, even more so. That's one of the things I love, you know, with green, animals, anything. I feed anything that comes past my door at home as well as anywhere else. But so, yes, it's it must have started at birth. <laughs> it's been in your blood. Have you been in Locust Valley since you came out from Brooklyn? I started, my parents bought a bar in Greenvale back in 1962 and that's where I'm giving away my age okay (laughs) (laughs) and after high school in 62 uh came out to Long Island and uh they purchased this uh bar which was a stone's throw from CW Post so we had lots of uh participants from Post at at the bar and um uh yeah it was a different way of life a much different way of life for me did you work at the bar? Did you help them? Um, I I did take a kind of a, yes, I did. I was, uh, you know, kind of, a, you know, indentured servitude there. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, and much later in life, I, I did take to behind the bar, which was a great thing. Believe it or not, I was very, very shy until I walked behind a bar and then, <laughs> and oh, then it all came out. So, uh, yeah, it kind of uh, fell into place. Okay. Were you known for making wicked drinks? Uh, I was, as a matter of fact. I was. Did you have a favorite drink you used to make? Well, I, I am still wicked uh, drink maker. Uh, I do love to entertain. And over the summer, uh, just as an aside, you know, it was it was a life-saving thing to have a great outside time, this, this go-around, you know. So I had lots of... Uh, you know, just limited people Friday night uh, 
<laughs> we had a Friday night happy hour here in the backyard. So yes, there was some uh, drinks to be had. And I think our favorite this year was uh, anything with rum. Okay, mm. that kind of covers it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you mudslides were a popular drink this year. <laughs> I and bet that 2020 has been going. As in the past, they, that was always kind of a staple. That was a good staple. Ladies like mudslides. Yes. Okay, neat. Oh, how nice. And, you know, besides your affinity for animals and making some great drinks, what are some other hobbies that you have? Gardening, of course. Ah, okay. So that's, and decorating. If something stands still long enough, I'll decorate it, you know. <laughs> And as a matter of fact, I'm on at the shelter, you know, we're cage free at the shelter. So we have rooms. And uh, I'm one of those people who has to have the bedding matching the other bedding in this, you know, I like to when people walk through, I like to have a, you know, a homey kind of put together kind of feel. Not everybody's on board with that. They don't seem to uh, share my, <laughs> my craziness about about exactly. colors and matching and things like that. But yeah, that's generally it. And uh, you know what? I'm, at this stage of my life, I'm interested in everything that comes past me. That's a great I way. I love everything. You sound like someone that just jumps in with both feet. Anything <laughs> uh, I have become you. that person. <laughs> I have. Now, now before... you, oh, I was just going to ask with your gardening, do you do vegetables and flowers? I don't. I don't. I, I uh, think I, I like the instant gratification too much. And I, I like to stare at everything. So as much as I enjoy the vegetables, my neighbor does do so I can partake in that and, and still have all my flowers and everything pretty because as I say, I decorate outside as well as in. So yeah. Fine. Eric, what were you going to ask her? I was going to ask, before you started working at the shelter, what other uh, life experiences have you had and, and what other job titles have you had? Well, I, uh, I, I found my way into customer service after the bartending thing, too. So that became the natural progression. So uh, um, <clears throat> after becoming single, uh, I did have to go back out to work. I was a single parent for many years. I still am, I guess you'd say. And um, so I went to customer service and, and the one job I had that I really, really enjoyed and I felt most gratification from is, is uh, right after my divorce, I went on to, to a job. And when I entered, I was at uh, picking up the phone answering and when I left, I was doing my boss's job. So it was, uh, you know, from when I started. So that was good. And, and it really gave me a good basis for uh, communication, you know, in general with people. So I own up to that. That's so great. other than that, it went on to, uh, you know, I started working at the shelter. Mm -hmm. After that job, uh, you know, the, the business came to an end. So uh, the next job I had was at uh, Animal Lovers League, which was the group that uh, ran the shelter where we are prior to Cove Animal. And so, so how long have you been there? Um, with both, both enterprises, it was, I'd say, maybe about altogether 10 to 12 years. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And where is the location of that shelter? So we can make sure everyone knows where. Oh, yeah. Uh, the literal address is 40 Shore Road. And that's, of course, in Glen Cove. And uh, Shore Road is the, uh, the, the street. That's my cat. Excuse me. <laughs> Demanding to go out, but he's not going. So um, we're, we're right next to the municipal ball field. We share the parking lot with them. So, you know, it's quite easy to find once you uh, are, you know, in that area. It's you right have cats and COVID. dogs, right? Diane, you have cats and dogs? At the shelter, we have both. Yes, okay. we absolutely do. And <clears throat> the kitty cats are allowed to go all over, right? Like yeah, said. it's uh, cage-free. And... Um, I'm always very, very excited to drag people through there to show them. Um, 
when Cove took over, Cove Animal Rescue took over from the, the other uh, people who ran, the first thing they did was build these beautiful outside runs for the dogs that, that weren't there before. So uh, the first thing you see when you come up to the shelter is these beautiful covered um, runs with uh, AstroTurf and it, it, it's just great to see them out there. Uh, that was the biggest thing, I think, because they didn't have that. And uh, so we have many more cats than we have dogs. Fortunately and unfortunately, I'm glad to say that uh, dogs aren't, you know, homeless dogs aren't as prevalent as homeless cats, unfortunately. Not here. In other parts of the country, they are, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that only means that uh, somewhere on the line, some due diligence has been done. Right. I also think people always want a kitten. And instead of always, you know, considering I've adopted two adult cats in the last 20 years. And I just think it's, you know, if we can do that and do that Absolutely. for the cat, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to do. Because I think they're the ones that sometimes people walk past and look past. Mm -hmm. want a little soft, fuzzy kitten, but that big, beautiful cat needs a home, too, and would be a great... And kittens become cats. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the way that goes. You're absolutely right, which, you know, is a whole other thing. It goes into spay-neuter and, and the abundancy of kittens, which is unfortunate. As cute as they are, you know, there are Now, do you many. spray and neuter at the shelter? Like, if you do have a kitten, can someone spray, or do then they go to their own vet? Well... What happens is, you know, we are Glen Cove's uh, shelter, you know, and um, part of what we do for the community is we do have what's called TNRs, trap, neuter, returns, and that's basically for ferals. And um, for uh, pets, we can refer to vets in the area and things like that. But generally speaking, people with pets really do have to go to a vet. We don't, we are unable to provide that kind of all out thing. We don't have any uh, medical situation at the shelter itself. In other words, in-house, right. you know, okay. on board kind of thing. Do you find eventually your cats get adopted? Like it could take a couple of years, but they do eventually get adopted? Yes, as a matter of fact, the one positive from this pandemic thing is that many of our adult cats have been adopted and, and some that have been there quite some time. We have um, about 60 cats okay. at the shelter. When we took over five or six, almost six years ago, there were a hundred plus. Mm -hmm. So we've been able to, uh, of course, you know, as time goes on, there's, you know, other reasons why, why uh, the number goes down. But for the most part, we've been very, very successful in, in getting homes. And right now, we only have five dogs. I was going to ask you how many. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And it is, also, isn't it? Is that because of the virus? Like people are home and they want a dog? Well, um, to some extent, I'm sure. But the one thing I must say is we didn't kind of buy into that. You know, everyone was was uh, telling people to go out and get a dog or foster or things uh, like that. And we just felt that, especially with the dogs, um, you know, they have a good life at our shelter. You know, thanks to our community. It's, a, it's helpful. And to the possibility of a dog going home getting comfortable, getting loved and giving love, and then being returned when, you know, it, it outlived the situation. We couldn't, we couldn't deal with that. So yes, there were adoptions, but we made absolutely sure they were, you know, lifelong. So, um, you know, that held up pretty well. The cats, the same thing. So many people have continued to work from home and probably will be for who knows when. So the cats, you know, they help a lot when <laughs> to do online work, you know. They like to lay across the keyboard and such, you know, just to keep it warm. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really delighted the fact that, um, you know, there have been a lot of adoptions. Uh, on the flip side of that, because we were unable to get out and do 
TNR in the community in the, uh, you know, those months that mattered in the spring when, uh, you know, nature takes its course. Um, there, we had an influx of kittens. We had many, many kittens. About 40 to 50 kittens we had come in. Many were mothers who delivered in-house. So we had lots of socialized and those kittens just flew out the door. Yeah. So we weren't left with, uh, you know, cats to, to have to grow with. So uh, that was the one caveat of, you know, not being out. But we had lots of kittens, but they're adopted. We just have a few left and a few in the wings. So that's been good. Do you have any great dog stories, like maybe a dog that had been with you a long time and yes. finally the right owner came along and just said, this is the dog for me? Yes, we have several of those. One in particular that's, that jumps out to me always is um, a, um, a dog that was there when we took over and he had been there. All told, I believe he was there nine years and he was a Rottweiler. And uh, he was frightened. He, you know, he was not trusting. And, uh, you know, the, the kennel people we have at the shelter, they, uh, Kathy, she also specializes in, you know, she trains and with their love and, and constant training and, and just, I mean, what else can you give but love? Um, he found a home. That's wonderful. And a good home. <laughs> you know, we don't let anything go to a possibility home. It's, it's, you know, it was great. And there've been several like that. And uh, a lot of them had been pit bulls, which of course, always the, you know, the they get fright. a bad rap. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had one pit bull there. He was literally a junkyard dog. Somehow somebody uh, adopt, well, I shouldn't say adopted him, took him from a junkyard in uh, the Bronx. Uh, they live in Glencoe. They owned him for a while and then had to give him up. So this well, dog. Hold that thought because when we come back from our break, I want to finish that story. Yes. Okay. Please do. We're going to take a quick break. Um, you're listening to Glencoe Spotlight on 88.1 WCWP.org. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Glen Cove Spotlight. You're listening to 88.1 FM WCWP.org. I'm Carolyn Ipell along with Eric Schumann. And we have Diane with us today from the Glen Cove Animal Shelter. Diane, I would love to finish that story you were just telling us about. About our, our pit bull. Mm -hmm. This dog could have and should have been the poster child for pit bulls. He was uh, what they call a blue nose pit. The sweetest thing, and having come from a, a literal junkyard and, and then another home and then back to an, a shelter, um, you know, he had severe uh, leg problems, uh, hip joint uh, things. So we had a little fundraiser, had him uh, all put back together nicely, and he enjoys a home now. Uh, you know, it's just wonderful. I mean, my smile just thinking about him. And uh, as I said, there's been other uh, long time animals in the dogs in the shelter. Indigo is one, the uh, beautiful husky, girl. Right? Who, pardon me? Wasn't she a husky, I think? Uh, she was a mix. Oh, a mix? She okay. was, she well, had blue eyes, probably because right? she, had, she had one blue eye, mm -hmm. a blue eye and a brown eye. And uh, as you said, a gentleman came along, love ensued. And, you know, he, he wanted that dog. He, there was a connection there. And so he worked with her uh, along with the shelter people. And she, she still comes to visit. He drives up and she even jumps out and greets everybody, but goes right back to the car saying, nah, I'm, you know, just in case we're going home. <laughs> but yes, that, that's another... Uh, yeah, I almost forgot about her. That's a great and they point. Have been I remember seeing that like on that. Facebook. Uh, that yeah, it's that's what makes it feel good. And you know, we've had the same with um, several. Uh, there, as I say, there are five 
there now, and they are pit bulls and pit bull mixes. And <coughs> excuse me. And um, we're still hoping for them mm -hmm. because they're all good dogs. They just need that right person to to make them whole. <laughs> you just recently talked about a connection. Someone came in and had a connection. And what is it about our pets? Like how how can you describe this amazing love connection that you you feel when you find that right animal? I mean, it really is incredible. I myself adopted two kittens from your shelter about 10 years ago. And unfortunately, one passed just a, a few weeks ago, which was heartbreaking. Uh, but it's amazing the connection you instantly have with a certain animal walking in there. You pick up on their personality, they pick up on yours, and there's this immediate attraction. Have you seen that? And can you just- Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I keep going towards the cats because that's my area. I, you know, I'm in charge of the adoptions for cats. And, and as I say, we have this great, you know, kennel people. But I can honestly say I'm foremost in the area with the cats. So I see that more often. But of course, you know, I observe everything else. And it is true with the dogs. There is that connection. I see it with, um, I have seen it with the dogs. We had a young dog was a pup but mistreated in the past so there was it had to be the right person and when this family came in uh was a young man who had just finished chemo mm. and this dog laid him on the ground practically and laid on top of him and loved him and they rolled around i mean this was right then and there first time and and they took him home and, and it was love at first sight. And whatever that, as you say, that almost chemical connection mm -hmm. that they know. You know, I hate to sound like one of those crazy old ladies, but, you know, animals are magical, ultimately. And uh, I speak for the cats in particular, you know, that they do choose you, especially the older cats. You know, kittens, kittens love everybody for the most part. But it's especially when you say that that match when you, you know, when two people were, you know, again, we're cage free. So when you walk into one of the rooms, uh, you know, a cat will, you know, seek out this person. They'll just walk over to them and, and, and I look at them and say, oh, she doesn't usually do that. And there it is. So there is that connection, whatever, you know, it may be. It does almost happen. In a spiritual way, almost like it's almost like literally, meant to be, absolutely, you know? yeah. absolutely, and uh, we see to it that it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's say someone is interested in coming down and adopting an animal. What are some things that they should prepare themselves for? Whether it's equipment, cost, what to expect during the adoption process. Can you kind of walk us through it? Sure. The first thing they should expect is lots of questions from me <laughs> because <laughs> I, um, yeah, uh, you know, my, my thing is you usually have to get past me to get one of my cats for sure. But uh, generally speaking, kind of with dogs, lots of people call because now we're doing everything by appointment. So many people call and say, how can I come down and, and see the dogs? I'm looking for a dog or whatever. And the first question I have is, um, what breed of dog were you hoping to find? And they'll say, oh, it doesn't matter. And, but it does, it does. You know, there are, are dogs for um, apartments. There are dogs for, for people's general lifestyle and family situations. So I usually say to them, you know, have you had any experience with specific breeds um, or maybe you should do some research as to what breed or mix of breeds that would fit your family and your situation? You know, a lot of people, of course, they love the Huskies because of the blue eyes and, you know, that. But really, Huskies are less of a companion dog that maybe some others are because they like to run and they're, they're energetic. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't fit into a particular home. So that's one of the things, kind of knowing what, what's suitable for you and your family. 
expenses to start off with our adoption fees or we call it an adoption donation. With the dogs, they're, uh, it's variable. It's usually in the range of uh, three to $400, depending on you know, the breed and, and what are them there. Cats, their uh, adoption donation is for a kitten. We request a donation of 125, because with the kittens, we have to pay to get them altered, to get them spayed or neutered and their shots. And, and that's everything, every animal that leaves the shelter is spayed or neutered with all age appropriate shots. That's wonderful. And yeah, yeah, it's very important. This way we're assured of that. And um, as far as food and, and what's needed, um, again, I speak for the dogs. I just know if, if it's the type of, it goes along with that animal, you know, whether that animal uh, is uh, better crate trained and then you'd have to have a crate or, you know, and many times we're able to help them out with those kind of things because the lovely community of Glen Cove does donate a lot of those uh, unused crates and things like that to the shelter. So we're able to pass it on if we can. So uh, let's so see. That's important else? to know. Residents can mm -hmm. bring by maybe some bowls and leashes and crates if they're- And they do, more. they absolutely do, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Along with, uh, we use a lot of towels and uh, that kind of thing. We do lots and of- food and litter, you know, I'm sure. Pardon me? The food and litter, I'm sure you will take in, of course. Well, food is absolutely, <laughs> uh, and litter. Um, again, towards the cats, because we have so many more. You know, we go through, uh, I'd say, 40 to 50 cans of cat food a day. Wow. Yeah. And, um, of course, litter uh, with with 60 plus cats, there's a lot of litter to be dealt with. And um, bedding, always bedding, because uh, the bedding's always being cleaned and it's always being, uh, you know, changed out. And um, generally speaking, yes, things like that, any accoutrement, <laughs> you know, that goes along with the cat. And people are, are so gracious with, uh, with giving up things. And unfortunately, especially after maybe they've lost a, a pet, and um, they're giving up, you know, the things that have been uh, used with them. So yes, that's that's a big thing. And um, so back to what it costs for an animal. Food, you know, some people are very particular about who we feed a particular food. I never realized it because not having had dogs in years and years and years, I didn't realize how, what a sensitive, uh, digestive system dogs have much more delicate than cats so they have to be on a maintained diet so that once sometimes once they switch out different brands of food it really does affect their stomach so um, you know they have to be changed over you know uh, easily cats and dogs when you're bringing them home uh, you can get um, the most expensive food ever, but if they don't eat it, it's not going to, you know, be of any help. So, you know, we, we suggest, you know, uh, we send them home with the idea of what we are feeding and then they can, you know, introduce from there. And, and they uh, can always ask, I guess, their vet and do some research. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, lots of people kind of go by uh, what they've done in the past or, family does or whatever but again it can be the best but if they don't eat it it's it's to no avail mm -hmm. so you have to yes do you have any type of like wish list that people can yes go to where like i know volunteers for uh wildlife they do a wish list all the time and you can buy like this and that for the squirrels so do you have something where people could go on and purchase, you know, and just have it shipped directly to you, would that be helpful? Absolutely, absolutely. On Amazon, we do have a wish list on Amazon, but on our website, we also have our literal wish list, okay. which, you know, kind of changes from time to time. Um, you know, things like, of course, cat food, 
uh, is always on there. Um, what is that treats. that website where they can uh, view the wish list? It's Cove Animal Rescue. CoveAnimalRescue.com? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that the same name for Amazon too? Where you yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Cove Animal Rescue. Okay. Yeah. Plain and simple. To our listeners, please go to Cove Animal Rescue. <laughs> Donate <laughs> what you can. And with the holidays coming, you know. There's so many in need, but our, our beautiful animals are in need as well. So. And as Diane said, I mean, you can also donate items that you're no longer using directly mm -hmm. to the to the center. Um, uh, I'm sure they would have to call first, though, to make sure it's okay to come by and if you're open. And yes, yes, that's how we're doing it. And uh, yeah, and people can always uh, leave, right? You know, there's even if our... Uh, doors are unlocked, or even if they're locked, I should say, there's always someone on, uh, you know, present. See, you know, so things can be left in front of the door, and that's always monitored because, especially early on when things were really closed up, you know, we really were very stringent about who came and went. So uh, people were leaving right in front of the door, and uh, that's always taken care of. And uh, you know, if they'd like us to know who, where, what, and when, they can call us and, and make mention. But yes, any of the above. We'll, we'll what, take it however we can get it. What is your phone number so people can, not your personal, of course, but COVID. <laughs> <animal person. laughs> can have that too. Uh, it's 516-676-5913. It's very good to know. So um, we have, of course, your website, coveanimalrescue.com. And... Um, your phone number at 516-676-5913. Now, do you know of any local dog parks, if they were, of course, to adopt right now? It might be a little too cold necessarily, but just in general, do you know of any local dog parks that- Yes, yes. Owners can go and attend? Um, you know, Garvey's Point, where the new buildings are, has a dog park. Uh, there is a very nice dog park not far from the shelter. It is, um, it has a name. It's up on, uh, I jotted it down just to, it is up on. I know where it is too. I can't remember the name. Yeah, Leech Circle. Right. Leech Circle. I think that's off, mm -hmm. but it's Leech Circle. It's called uh, Dennis Bryan Murray Park. It even has a name. I didn't know that. And then, of course, you know, you mentioned uh, Volunteers for Wildlife. Uh, you know, the operatum there does is dog friendly. Of course, it has they have to be leashed, but that's a, a nice uh, walk through at um, the operatum in, in um, Bailey's in Locust Valley. So dogs are welcome there, and they're also welcome at um, uh, Wellwyn. As long as they're leashed. Mostly everybody that brings their dog to Wellwyn, though, is definitely off leash. So for me, I have two rescues. I'm not comfortable with other dogs off leash around them. One of mine is mm -hmm. finished. So I mm -hmm. think you also need to keep that in mind, too, for dog parks. And, you know, we can talk about that when we come back from a break. But very much some so. dogs are great at the dog park and some are not always. So we always have to be. Well, careful. and it's just in general, it's it's, you know, the way it should be. It's it's. um courtesy you know it's respect for others right. when it, what it boils down to well we're going to take another quick break we'll be back in a minute you're listening to glenn cove spotlight on 88.1 wcwp rescue with us today and we're so happy you're spending this hour with us thank you diane and um one thing i know that you need in order to run the shelter are volunteers so talk to us a little bit more about volunteers are you in need right now how does someone go about becoming a volunteer at the shelter let's get that out to our listeners certainly um i might say that that's one of my my favorite things about the shelter is, you know, we get a lot of um, young people, you know, you have to be 16 in order to come on your own. And so therefore we get a lot of the high school students who do need those, those hours checked off. 
And some of them come with uh, just, you know, oh, this sounds like an easy thing to do. Well, no, I don't allow it to be that way because what I tell them is that I want you to leave here learning something about these animals, you know, whether you've had before, maybe there's new things for you to learn. Uh, and if you've never, especially the boys, you know. Why? Why the boys? Because they seem to be. <laughs> I'm, I might one. have to defend us in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To get back to your 16-year-old self. Um, they are uh, the ones that uh, maybe they haven't folded laundry or, or really have done some sweeping. I've had young men who were delightful guys. And they didn't know how to hold a broom. They really didn't. So, you know, that's, I mean, we don't have them down scrubbing on their hands and knees, but just the thing, you know, we go through a lot of laundry. So one of the first things I ask my young volunteers and the old ones come in, you check the laundry room. Is there anything in the dryer? Cause it's constantly going. And uh, is there anything in the dryer? Fold it up. I mean, it's only towels and bedding. It's nothing, you know, so some of them look at me like, no. And other ones go, oh, yeah, I do my own laundry all the time, which is great. You really get to see a little insight of all the different kinds of uh, upbringings we have. So anyway, I really, really get the biggest thrill out of having some young people come in and kind of, you know, not knowing too much about cats. Again, I, I address the cats because you have to be a little older to deal with the dogs. So primarily the young ones are always with the cats. So they come in not knowing anything other than, yeah, they're nice and, you know, whatever. Uh, and they leave with a real attachment. Like, as you said, that connection, sometimes they make that connection. They've, they've never had a cat before and didn't realize that this could happen. And uh, there's all, you know, cats are very interesting. And one of the things I always tell uh, the young ones or anyone else that we will, you know what a calico cat is, of course. It's uh, denoted by three colors, the orange, the white, and the black. However, it comes in all sorts of, of uh, styles. But not many people realize that they are only females. There are no boy that. cats. I didn't know that. <laughs> See, come on, Jan, I teach you anything. <laughs> So oh, it's people a, who have a lot of life skills they learn when they come to you in addition yes, to they learning do. all about the animals. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just love seeing them get enlightened. It just just warms me up. And, uh, you know, they're go all good kids. And, and I, I just, as I say, especially the ones that need a little turning around when it comes to the animals, you know, they mm -hmm. just, you know, following suit. Maybe their friend came and they said, oh, okay, I'll do it. And they learn how to clean windows. We have lots of glass at the shelter. So, so that's one of my favorite things about having. And then again, I'm thrilled when I can have adults come in. And not to mention, you know, especially nowadays, mature people who maybe are home a little more alone than they had been. We really take a lot of, uh, especially when, when all the shutdown was happening. Uh, you know, we were really very, you know, uh, we didn't have volunteers in. Uh, the cleaning staff was in in the morning. I would come in after them. You know, we just crossed paths doing that. So we were really very, now it was so in the last couple of months, it's been opening up. We're having more volunteers in. Um, and I noticed that the mature people are really looking to, you know, yeah. And then, that's the whole therapy thing when it comes with a cat. You sit down there, you know, we have uh, little settees in the rooms, you know, and of course they were for people to come and sit down, but you'd have to move several cats in order <laughs> to sit on them. So they sit down, these cats climb on their laps and, and there it is, you know, that's, that's therapy in the, in the name of the game. So um, I love when we can get adults that come in uh, who really understand the, um, the, especially with the kittens. We can, any kitten will play. It's to get them to want to be held 
and and touched, you know, get past that fear. And uh, that's usually, you know, the best thing with the, the mature people. And of course, they like to clean, so. <laughs> I think this is great to get out to our listeners and I'll tell you why. Um, in my line of work, I'm in a lot of hospitals and so many people that I know uh -huh. that are volunteers that are maybe retired in their 60s and 70s, I run into them and I'll say, how are you? And they say, I'm bored to tears because the hospitals are locked out to them now. So uh -huh. how wonderful would it be to have some of these people have a place to go and give their time and give back to the community and to the animals and volunteers. So again, to our listeners, please spread the word. Yes. As an aside, yeah. I just was uh, reading something about aging. And one of the absolute things they list to, you know, retard that ever, you know, thing that we don't like to think about is volunteering, mm -hmm. whether it be with animals, people, children, you know, there can't be anything better than volunteering in a, in a classroom with young children, very young children, and, uh, you know, be part of that whole thing. Uh, as I say, my daughter is a teacher, a pre-K and kindergarten teacher, and, uh, you know, I know that they deal well with that as well. But of course, again, as you say, these times are, you know, limit that. So yes, volunteering is good. And I enjoy them. You touched re just before on pet therapy and, and the benefits of pet therapy are quite astounding. Can you talk a little bit more about pet therapy and any of your experience with pet therapy? Well, um, Quite frankly, other than what I just said, I experiencing that firsthand with the cats and people coming in and and even young people, I, I shouldn't even limit it to to uh, mature young people who maybe well, just being young, sometimes you need a little therapy, you know, <laughs> especially these days. And I see it with them, too. They're drawn to the animals. Uh, I, I can't say that I know a great deal about that other than just observational and, you know, self-experience. I know that how I feel when I have an animal with me, you know, my cat, I mean, it's her and I, you know, so um, it, it's, it really is a lift. What it does uh, medically and emotionally, I, I couldn't get into in the, in the real you know, fact of the matter, I just say observationally, it's the best. I think it goes back to the bond that we were talking about when we first um, started talking today about that connection. And I have a background also in assisted living and we used to always bring in pet therapy yeah. dogs. We always had cats in our community um, and they just, you know, it's so healing and so nurturing and so comforting. But I also think it goes back to that connection, Eric, that you were talking about. So um, just really feeling that there's also a calming state, especially for people that have dementia. And, Agreed. you know, and then we and can I, go the whole other route of maybe younger people that have other mental health issues too. Exactly. That's what I speak so, to. I've uh, That I've observed. Absolutely. Right. You know, it makes such a difference. So yeah, I think pet therapy is wonderful. And I think people that adopt the dogs out of your shelter are, in a sense, also receiving pet therapy, the same with the cats, you know, they're bringing oh, therapy definitely. into their home. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. As I say, I just more easily speak to the cats because that's, you know, that's what I'm surrounded with more. Um, you know, the dogs are, of course, I interact. We have, we have a dog, may I just say. Her name is Beauty. She was adopted from the shelter by a, a very lovely lady who lived just across from the shelter. And she was a nurse and she won over this, uh, she's an Australian shepherd and uh, shy, came from a situation um, not nice. I don't think she ever saw the light of day before being given mm -hmm. to the shelter. She was in a, a cage all the time. And so this woman won her over, as you say, the connection was there. She went home with her and they, they lived uh, for about a year or so. And unfortunately, the woman unexpectedly passed and she was a relatively young woman. I can get, I get choked up thinking about it. Um, and so the dog was left again. So she came back to the shelter and uh, she's not she was not trusting at all. 
just just a few people she lets into her her little circle of love and uh, I'm very honored to be one of them <laughs> she she's so funny that she will sit on your feet throw her self back on you so you can rub her belly <laughs> and then it is the best feeling to know that you've had that little space in her life that she's allowing you she's coming along more she's letting more and more people in but that's one of the the cases that you you know you just hope someday she'll make that connection again and someone will be brave enough to bring her home right yeah Oh, that's sad. And you know, I think we've seen a lot of that in the last nine months too. I know in my line of work, working with um, seniors, I've seen a, quite a bit of, you know, where one person died and their animal was left behind. I've even known couples that have died that, you know, it's just been so sad and so heartbreaking. And, you know, especially if you're an animal lover and to know, you know, this little pup or this kitten or, you know, was absolutely just, or cat was just left behind after being with this owner. So we see it all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, so cats in particular. You, you put a restriction then, like say somebody comes into you and they're a certain age. Do you say, you know, I, I just don't think this would be a great fit for you right now to adopt yes. a cat or dog? Okay. I'm yes. sure living uh, situation also has an effect on your choice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, kittens in particular, uh, you know, um, people of a certain age, which I am. So, you know, I can identify with, and, you know, if someone said to me, you're too old to have a kitten, I would, you know, take great offense at that, but realistically. So let's say someone comes in and they're, let's say they're 80 something. And uh, I said, no, I want a kitten. You know, the first thing I'll say is, well, you know, you, they are a lot to handle and they can be underfoot. And of course, it depends. You know, you have to pay attention to what's going on with this person. Let's face it. Some people at 80 these days are as fit as anyone else, you know, but there are those that are not not great on their feet or whatever it may be. And so you have to observe the situation to say how you can approach it. Uh, a kitten could be underfoot, you know, therefore causing a problem or, you know, uh, injury. Um, then what the real things you get down to is life expectancy. A cat can live up to 20 years, you know. Especially if they're strictly indoor, right? Mm-hmm, yes. So what I say sometimes is, um, tell me, if you were to move out of the country <laughs> and uh, couldn't take the cat with you, is there someone who would take the cat? You know, so <laughs> on odd times I get, I'm not gonna move out of the country. And then sometimes I just have to say, okay, I was trying to be delicate, but let's just say, uh, you know, at life's end, is there someone who would take care of this animal for you? And many times they come with someone, you know, a daughter or, you know, and, and said, I am totally responsible and I'll sign whatever, you know. So, I mean, that's as much as you can do. And, and most 99% of the cases, there is someone with them or behind them saying, don't worry, you know, we'll see to it. Whether it happens, we hope, but, but at least that's something we look for. And it's you if advocating we even get, for the animals. Yes. So most of the time I can kind of dissuade them and introduce them to someone a little, you know, more their style. You know, who okay. they need a companion cat. Someone that's going to mm -hmm. climb up on their lap. And that's, you know, they think they can take a kitten and make them that. But it's not always the case. They are who they are. Right. True. So, yeah. So, we're, our time is actually going to be winding down soon, but I wanted to talk just a little bit more too about the Glen Cove City ordinances with animals. Do you have any a light you can shed on that for us? Well, the, the one thing that stands out would be dog licensing. That's mm -hmm. really the biggest that would affect, of course, us at the shelter. Uh, dogs must be licensed. Dogs are overseen by the state. And that's why... Uh, each municipality must have a, what's called a dog shelter. And that portion of us uh, is attached to 
Glen, city of Glen Cove. So each dog must have a license. If we pick up a dog, that's a dog at large that has gotten out and is roaming around, uh, the first thing we check, of course, uh, when people come in to retrieve that dog, they have, where is your license? Is the dog licensed? If the dog isn't licensed, then they have to get a license. And what precedes that is a rabies shot. I'm sure whenever this licensing started 100 years ago or whatever, it was because to ensure of a rabies uh, vaccination. So that's the only criteria we're involved with at the shelter that uh, any dog that comes in and leaves must be licensed. Um, there are, when you say uh, things from the city, I know that you're not supposed to have chickens and things like that. Right. But uh, again, that's the only, uh, the only thing I can think of. Was there any particular ordinances you no, were- No, I just think it's important. And I think even the licensing is important. Yeah, so. that would be yeah. it. And, and that is important. Good. Well, listen, our time is really winding down quickly. And I just want to remind our viewers that um, they can find you on Facebook under Cove yes. Animal Rescue. They can find your donation page on Amazon. They also can go directly to your website. Yes. So and, please, and if you, you know, don't mind, what I'd like to put forward is that as far as donating, you know, all of, I also do fundraising there, all of our fundraising for the uh, spring, which is our big fundraising time, had to be canceled. Mm -hmm. So we do run by donation. Okay. And uh, it is weaning, and uh, we are sure. in great need at this okay. time. And your so website is coveanimalrescue.com, and your phone number is 516-676-5913. Yes, that's .org. Uh, coveanimalrescue.org, yes, okay. Okay. Well, I do want to just mention a few quick uh, events that are coming up. We have, of course, Wednesday night performances on the Glen Cove Senior Center Facebook page that are live streamed. You do not need to be a member of Facebook to enjoy them. So we have Eric Glaubitz on the uh, 2nd of December. We have our Hanukkah celebration on the 9th of December. We have uh, a Christmas celebration on the 16th of December, a wonderful um, Circle of Friends event on the 17th, that's a Thursday, the band Five Stone, and that starts at six o'clock. All these actually start at six o'clock and go till about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. They're all free. You can share them with anyone you want. And of course, we'll have our New Year's celebration um, on the 30th uh, with Valerie Rose. So we have some wonderful live stream events coming up. And of course, we also have Monday night bingo every Monday night from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. And that's at glencoveathome.com. I just want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to thank again our guest, Diane Connolly, the manager of Glen Cove Animal Rescue, for joining us. And please be sure to donate if you can and volunteer if you can. They're, they're an absolutely wonderful organization. And thank you for listening to 88.1 FM, WCWP, Glen Cove Spotlight. Again, I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Eitel. Have a wonderful holiday. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.